friends, welcome to the Link Fitness Show. I'm your host, Marissa Deshong, aka Link, and I'm here to motivate and educate on all things fitness, nutrition, and mindset to help you create an energized and healthy lifestyle. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Link Fitness Show. Today, I have an incredible guest speaker joining me, the one and only Kat Hammer. Kat is a Virginia Tech dietetic intern and sports nutrition consultant for Maple Zone Sports Institute. She also worked with the Pittsburgh Pirates as a sports nutrition assistant. Kat played at my rival school, Westchester, where she was an NFCA scholar-athlete and finished with a career batting average of 358 with 45 doubles, 7 triples, and 26 home runs. My softball people, you know how amazing that is. She started every game in her sophomore, junior, and senior seasons, and was a well-known player throughout the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. Kat, thank you for joining me today. Let's jump right into it. So do you want to give us kind of like a background on what you do, where you came from, where you started, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So I'll kind of start from the beginning. I got my undergraduate degree from Westchester University. It was in nutrition and dietetics. Um, And then I moved to Tampa to do my master's degree, and that was in exercise and nutrition science. And then while I was in grad school there, I was working, I did two seasons with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So during spring training, I worked with all the teams in the organization. And then um, during the regular season, I was based in Bradenton, Florida with their high A affiliate, the Bradenton Marauders. So that's kind of, and then right now I'm a Virginia Tech dietetic intern. That's a lot. (laughs) Um, and so I'm working to become a registered dietitian this is like the last phase before you can become a registered dietitian so in in May I'll qualify to take the test that is awesome and then what is your plans once you pass your test um my plans once I pass the test well I want to be in sports nutrition and I want to start working towards my hours to become a registered sports dietitian um or a certified sports dietitian but that'll take probably about five years so in the meantime I would like to just try to get a job in sports and work with athletes, just help, help with optimal performance, optimal fueling. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so right now you're a sports nutrition consultant for Maple Zone Sports Institute, right? Yes. Okay. So I, I am currently in Roanoke, Virginia, but I'm doing this remotely. Uh, Maple Zone Sports Institute is in Pennsylvania. So it's in like Boothwin, um, Garnet Valley area. And so with them, I am working with the athletes there, providing them with nutrition packages. So um, I'll have them for a few months and we work on just different goals, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, weight management, any, any kind of those things. Um, and I'm working with the director of sport performance there who does all of the strength and conditioning. So it's been a good, it's been a good team kind of effort. Um, you're focusing on many areas of bettering these athletes rather than just, you know, practicing or just nutrition or just um, exercise. It's all of them together. So that's you know, optimal for the athlete. Yeah, that's really awesome because then you get, you're not only like helping them through, but you're teaching them so much that they're going to be able to kind of carry on through the rest of their athletic careers and just the rest of their life in general. So that's exactly. Really, really awesome. And when, when you can mentor these athletes, I think it means a lot more when you're seeing them more regularly and getting to talk to them and just really kind of guiding them in the right path, the right direction. Absolutely. So how does that differ from what you did with the Pirates to what you're doing now? Yeah, so there's a lot of huge differences. So with the Pirates, you're working with guys who are already professional athletes. So even if they're at the minor league level, you know, they've made it pretty far. 
So having an impact is a lot harder to do that at the professional level. When you're working with younger athletes, you know, they want to get better. They want to get all the tools that they can to get there. Um, And so I almost feel like with my experience, they are more willing to listen to what you have to say and they're easier, easier to have an impact on. Um, But with the, with the younger athletes, what you're working mainly on is just teaching them how to eat right. Whereas at the professional level, you're really focusing on what these guys are putting in their bodies because everything that they put in their bodies matters. And it's that balance between like doing too much and not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to give them the best information, but also you don't want to overload them. And that's with both, both of those groups. But working with the younger athletes right now, I definitely enjoy that. Um, they're very receptive to information. And for me, what my goals are for them is, is creating goals. Um, instead of just saying, hey, we want to lose this much weight. It's like, how, how are we going to get there? So every single week with these athletes, we have like a weekly goal. So it's not just focused on weight. And if it is focused on weight, it's how to get there. So whether it's just including more protein at breakfast or adding an extra snack in throughout the day, or maybe taking away a snack at night, just to make sure they're within their, their macronutrient ranges so that they can reach their goals. I love that. Before we dive into macros, I'm just going to say this quick because I, I have worked with young athletes for about three years now, going on three years. And just like what you said, like teaching them to set goals and teaching them all these different things. It's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling. Yes. Working with my athletes, like I train my athletes. So for me to work with them and put them through these tough workouts and to see them at the end, like, yes, they're exhausted and yes, they're tired, but they want more and they're learning. Like I just had three girls come up to me at the end of last practice where their workout was brutal and they came to me and they were like, what can I, like, I need more, give me more. What ab workouts can I do at home? What cardio workouts can I do? What weightlifting can I do? Like they, they thrive in that environment and having someone like you that they can look up to where they know like, okay, like she's going to give me the best information that I, that she can possibly give me so I can be the best that I possibly can be. Like that is such a rewarding job. So good for you for being in that. And I totally agree. And, and the part of it being rewarding, I mean, working with the pirates, it's just a different environment. It's a different type of athlete and you don't always feel rewarded in that sense, but working with the younger athletes, because you can have such an impact on them and they want all that information. They're hungry for it. Um, it's just very, it's an awesome experience to see them grow and to have people that are looking up to you and you can offer all of them this information. It's, it's an awesome experience. And that's even going to carry them even into college. Like, I know we can talk about this and I know we both have a very similar experience in we yeah. played in the same conference. We came from the same like area. So it's like, we, we understand what we're coming from and we understand what it took to get us there. Right. I look back on like my coaches in college, like coach Don justice was one of the greatest people I've ever come across in my entire life. Westchester's hitting coach is my best friend's dad. So mm-hmm. I know him very, very well. He worked with my young athletes. Mm-hmm. So to know these people like that, and we had our trainer, LC. LC was like God's gift to me. He taught me so much about fitness. So even then, like from a young age, I still remember every trainer that I ever had, every coach that I ever had at a young age. But I still remember those people that I had in college that were my higher level coaches that still impacted me on such a positive way. Right. And I think, I think when you look back to all the mentors that you had growing up, the, the good and the bad. Yeah. You want to then 
be the best mentor that you can be for these athletes because because they are so impressionable and they want your information it is so important that you're giving them your best all the time and the right information all the time because you can have such a huge impact and you could potentially steer them in the wrong direction if you're not careful and you're not giving them your best. So I love that. That's the type of person I am. Like when I'm going to do something, I do it a hundred percent. And like, that's what I want. From these, yeah. That's what I want from these athletes as well. I understand that not everyone can do that all the time, but just giving them the tools so that they have the opportunity to do that. I love that. I love that. So let's dive in. And because this is more of like a broader topic, um, macronutrients. I personally have my clients track their macronutrients so we can kind of work towards our goals in that sense. And it's, in my opinion, a kind of laid back way of learning what to eat, what your body responds to. Like I had a client this past week who her weight went down 0.4 pounds, 0.4. So not even one full pound she went down. But if you look at her progress pictures, it's insane. Like the bloat went down, all that kind of stuff. So these are key nutrients that we need to kind of take into consideration in all journeys, whether you be an athlete, whether you just be someone looking to lose weight, gain weight, maintain weight, whatever. So do you want to kind of dive in and tell us more about what a macronutrient really is and why they're important? Yeah, I, I love slash hate this topic. So <laughs> talking about macronutrients, so we'll just give this broad overview of what are macronutrients. So macronutrients are three types of fuels that our body runs off of for all different reasons. So they're carbohydrates, they're fats, and they're proteins. And we need all three of those. When you take one out, your body needs to respond in a different way. And it's not always a good thing. Yeah. So as far as tracking macros and understanding macros, so your body is going to respond differently each time you put a different macronutrient in it. And based off of what your energy levels are and what you've done that day and what your body needs. Um, I think tracking macronutrients is a great tool. And I think for people who are just starting out, once they understand what a macronutrient is, I think it's very important for them to then put that onto food and say, okay, well, what is what macronutrients are in the foods that I'm eating? If I'm eating a piece of bread, what is that? If I'm eating a piece of meat, what is that? If I'm eating vegetables, what am I getting there? So I think that's so crucial to understand because if you do have weight, weight goals and just overall fitness or wellness goals, I think it's so important to know what you're putting into your body because at the end of the day, it is your body. Mm. You are putting stuff into it. You should know what it is. Like I hate, I hate when people go to restaurants and they feel guilty for getting a special order if they don't want cheese on their, on their burger, if they don't want the sauce on there. And when people give them a hard time about it, it's like, I'm putting it in my body. I'll put in my body what I want to. Like, I, I want to know what these things are. And we all should know what we are putting into our body. So back to the, back to the macronutrients. Um, I think for people just starting out who don't really understand what they are and what foods contain them, um, I think using some kind of tracker like my fitness pal or something gives you a really really good indication of what what your breakfast looks like what your what your lunch looks like um and i think that macronutrient tracking is not necessary like for the rest of your life i think it's really helpful to do for a few months exactly but you know not that it takes a lot of time but it takes some effort it mm -hmm. definitely does mm -hmm. and i think when you have goals you do make sacrifices but you don't need to do that for the rest of your life. Like I know I will track here and there and it, it does take up some time. 
but I think it is so important for people who don't totally understand what their food contains to do that. Um, I think it's really helpful for beginners because then it's like, you do have that opportunity to learn, but it can be like, for me, I took it on as like a a fun experiment. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So for me, it was like, all right, well, let's, let's try different things out. Let's see what chicken versus beef and let's see broccoli versus asparagus and let's see all these different things and how one minor little adjustment can make such a huge difference for me. You know what I mean? I know for me, like I have a very, very weak digestive system. Like Mm -hmm. it's off. And for me, I had to incorporate a lot more fiber and I had to incorporate a lot more water in order to get that bloat and that discomfort to kind of go away. Right. It took a lot of experimenting for me to get there. I'm 24 years old and I finally figured it out at 23. Like for one year now, not even a year, probably eight months. I've been better with how I've been. So for me, it was a great experience to learn and to grow and to educate myself. I don't track right now. Like I'm currently not tracking at all. I may track again in like a few months. It's just to see that I'm still on a good pace, but yeah. I, I will not track long-term. I will not be that grandma, 65 years old, tracking my food. That is not for me. For me, it's a learning tool. It's an educational tool. And then once I kind of have it, a good baseline like you said you kind of grow from there and you don't track for the rest of your life but it's a good like you said here and there pop it in see how you're going see how you're kind of on pace or if you're not on pace what adjustments you need to make to get back on pace totally and I think what we're kind of getting into is our everybody's body operates differently off of different fuel sources and like the general recommendations for healthy Americans is that you know, carbohydrates are 45 to 60% of the total intake. So when we're talking about a macronutrient breakdown, we're talking about carbs, fat, protein, and what the percentage is out of 100% of your diet of those three. And so carbohydrates are normally the biggest chunk of what you should be eating. And and that's true because our your body runs off of carbohydrates. So if you've ever heard about glucose, that's the sugar. So when your body breaks down carbohydrates, it like breaks down into sugar, and that is what fuels your cells and your brain. So without carbohydrate, our body has to figure out a different way to make those fuel sources, which isn't optimal. So we do want to give our bodies that proper that proper nutrition, and and especially when we're working out, carbohydrates. Like you can look at like carbohydrates and energy as like almost one thing because that's what your body's going to use for energy. You know, in the first large chunk of your workout. Um, and I think it's important to keep in mind, although these recommendations that have been developed, so it's like 45 to 60% of carbohydrate, um, and then fill in the rest for macronutrient, everybody's body is going to like operate a different, a little bit differently on them. I know for me doing a little bit low carb is better for me. My body just, my body likes fats and proteins more than it likes carbohydrates. I blow a lot and I hold a lot of water weight. Like I know I do when I eat carbohydrate and I definitely put on a little bit of weight when I eat greater amounts of carbohydrate. When I'm eating fat and protein, I have a body recomp that happens when I'm working out a lot. And I think it's, very impactful for me, but again, everybody is so different. Um, and then going to, going to diets and, and what works. I mean, we can talk about very low carb. We can talk about ketogenic and we could talk about the carnivore on the complete opposite side of that. Right. So all of these things, I think it's so, so important to keep in mind is people think that they lose weight on these diets because it's the diet. 
And most times it's not the diet. It's the fact that they're tracking their intake. Mm. So when you're doing a ketogenic diet or when you're doing a low carb diet, most times you want to look at what you're actually getting because you want to make sure that you're getting enough fuel for yourself. And in those cases, yeah, you're going to be looking at how many calories you're getting per day. Whereas reverses, if you're not, if you're not on a diet, you're probably not tracking. You're just, you're just living life with it, which is totally fine. But the second you actually start looking at your specific intake, yeah, you're probably going to lose some weight because you're not overeating and you're probably not going to be under eating either if you're tracking. So I think it's just so important to keep in mind these fad diets, although they may seem great and you may lose a ton of weight when you first go on them. I'm not saying that you're not going to, you probably will, but it's probably coming from the fact that you are tracking. Yes. Um, and so I think just knowing those things and being aware of what tracking is and and no, kind of knowing how to do it, it's, it's very important if you, if you have a weight goal. Yeah, and I definitely think it keeps you accountable. Like to go back to the client that I mentioned earlier that you could tell it was, she, if I can't, I can't wait to show you her side by side. Like it was <laughs> insane. And I actually posted it on my Instagram story a few days ago. And mm -hmm. it was just, it's mind blowing to see that because the honest truth, she didn't hit her macros at all that entire week at all. And that was the crazy part was she was just paying attention to it. And even though she didn't hit and she was higher one day and lower the next day and then higher the next day and then somewhere close on the final day, that was one week. And I told her, I said, it's going to take you probably a month before you even really hit your macros. Mm -hmm. You're just staying accountable one, because you know that what you're putting into your body now has to make sense and it has to be worth it because Definitely. those macronutrients are going to count. And that's the thing is it, she texted me and was like, I want Chick-fil-A. I was like, okay, so go get Chick-fil-A. Just right. know that those are part of your macros. So when you get those fries, it's going to be heavier in carbs. And then when you get the nuggets, you're going to get some protein out of it. So just make sure that when you're doing these things, you're still making better choices versus large fry, 12 count nugget, spicy sandwich, the whole nine yards. Just do what works for you and just stay accountable with it and just do what you can without going to the full extreme of, for me, I'm sure you have figured it out already. I'm a huge <laughs> hater of fad diets and I'm a huge hater specifically of keto. I oh, trust me. I, you know, they're like, developed for specific reasons and most people, it's not really developed for the general population and people like to mistake those things and yeah. it's, it's our job to educate people on what are healthy eating options and, and maybe why these diets were developed in the first place. They're not for the general population most times. Yeah, I know. I know for me personally, like I'm a big supporter of eat what you want when you want in moderation. Like yep. if you want that, if you, if I have a client that texts me, I want Chick-fil-A, I'm going to respond, go, go get Chick-fil-A then. Like I don't go get it then. If you want it, then go get it because that's your body sensing like alert going off like hey I, I want this I need I need this right now yeah maybe you could probably get it in a different source but if that's what it's telling you then give yourself the mental break and just go get it you can get back on track with your next meal and that's what's so important for me and I, I know as an athlete myself like we would go out to like a team dinner or like on the bus rides coming home like we stopped at, or at McDonald's because we only had so much meal money and it was quick and it was easy and we were back on the bus back on our way Yep. But that night or that next morning when I got home, I was like, okay, let's have something nutrient dense here. Like, mm -hmm. let me get back on track without right. letting this funnel into something else where it's McDonald's for dinner. And then the next morning I have 
Chick-fil-A breakfast and the next day, like, you know what I mean? Like you just got to keep it under control. And that's yeah. why I think tracking is nice because it helps keep you accountable. So if you do have that one meal, you can come back. Yeah. I think when a lot of people think of macronutrient tracking and just tracking your intake in total, everyone just like visualizes Tupperware containers with like a piece of meat and then veggies. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's what people think of. And it's totally not that. So when we're talking about macronutrient tracking, you can eat anything you want in moderation. So like, like you were saying, if you do go to Chick-fil-A, Go ahead and have whatever you want, but just understand that there are options that are way more nutrient dense. So nutrient density means there is more of a bang for your buck, essentially. So if you're eating fries, they're not nutrient dense, they're calorically dense. So you're going to get a lot of calories for a very like small amount of nutrients. And when you're getting something more nutrient dense, like if you got like a chicken sandwich with veggies on it and even cheese and even bread, you're getting a lot of really, really good stuff and your body's going to respond better. You're going to have energy for longer, all of those things. So if I, if I want, if I want a bagel for breakfast versus oatmeal, Oatmeal is probably going to offer me a little bit more. They have the complex carbs in there. It's going to fuel my body for a little bit longer. Um, But if I have a bagel or a donut, I'm probably getting the same. You can match the calories with that. It's just that those calories are going to be, um, they're going to be metabolized a lot quicker and I'm not going to have energy for as long. And then I have to count it into my day. So if I eat a ton of calories in the morning, okay, well, how am I going to space this throughout my day? I'd rather have a lot and be able to eat a lot throughout the day. So if I eat a lot, I'm probably going to have to have some better options. And for me, I love, (laughs) I do like the healthy options. It took me a little bit to like really fall in love with them. But when you learn how to cook them right, when you learn how to season things right, when you learn how to just expand your palate, there is a lot more options for you. Yeah. And not only that, like I'm going to, I'm going to be that corny fitness person here, but like you fall in love with these healthy foods, right? Uh-huh. And then you, you recognize how your body's reacting and you recognize uh-huh. that, damn, I feel good. I have so much energy. I can chase my kids around the house. I can make it through a whole practice. I can do all these things. Then you really start to appreciate that healthy food because right. me personally, I'm a cookie monster. I love my cookies. So <laughs> for me, I will eat my cookies and then be like, God, could I have had something better? And right. Recently right. I made protein dipping dots. So I took Greek uh-huh. yogurt and I separated it out with my protein and we had those last night and I'm like, oh, these are good. They're good for me. Like I am happy here. Yeah. Where I have my cookies. Sometimes I'm like, all right, maybe one too many cookies, like stomach hurts a little bit, but right. that's, that's a key factor right there. It's like you fall in love with these healthy foods and then you see how your body responds. And it just, it, for me personally, it ups- so ups- much more. <laughs> what? You can eat so much more. Oh my God. Yes. I can eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I remember when I was in high school and I first started going to um so like we said in the beginning I played softball for Westchester so like the summer before I started playing you know I'm like okay well I got to know how to do all these lifts and like I got to be in such good shape so I started going to see you know, to see a personal trainer and he did a training package with me and then he also did a nutrition package with me and I knew I was going to study nutrition in college but again coming out of high school like I knew the bare minimum. I didn't know a ton. So he had me on this 
I don't want to say it was like a nutrition plan, but he had all these suggestions and it really opened my eyes to, okay, eating more consistently throughout the day, smaller meals, more water, those kinds of things. And I'm not saying like everyone has to do that, but that was a really good starting place for me. It was crazy. In like the first week, I couldn't believe it. I did not feel like I needed to take naps throughout the day. I like was significantly less tired throughout the day. I didn't drink coffee back then, but I know when I drink coffee now, <laughs> like I, if I drink water in its place and drink a lot of it, I don't need the coffee. Like right. that's more of like a taste thing at this point. But when you, when you give your body what it actually needs, it is going to respond so much better. You're going to have so much more energy and you're just going to feel better. I know like my overall mood was like improved significantly and I'm telling you it was like a week and then you know you give yourself time to like actually get into that routine and I know it took me probably like two to three weeks but once you're in that routine and you have like something that's not as nutrient dense and that's more like calorically dense so if you had like fast food you know it tastes good while you're eating it but then after Mm. you're like you know, the healthier option probably would have sat a lot better in my stomach and I probably would be able to be way more productive right now. So I think, I think allowing yourself that time to experiment and, and try something and try to stick with it for at least, at least two weeks. If you're still hating it after two weeks, all right, let's, let's figure out how we can change it. But you got to just give yourself that time and see how your body responds. Your body adapts so well to what you do to it. And it's, it's incredible how, how your how smart your body is and how your body will tell you what it needs. Yeah. I know for me, like coming off of prep, so I did a three month long prep. So it was 12 uh-huh. weeks and for 12 weeks, I ate rice, chicken, steak, and fish. And then towards the end, my last week, I wanted to cry myself to sleep every night because all I had was tilapia and asparagus. Two things that I literally hate. I hate them. I had egg whites. I am so sick of eggs. Like, I just can't do that. But that, like, towards the end, like, I actually, my husband was so concerned because I was eating egg whites and I was throwing, like, throwing them back up. Like, I could not eat eggs anymore to the point my body literally rejected it. And then I came off of my prep. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good. I can eat real food again. I can eat real food. I was, I'll be honest. I was terrified to eat real food. Okay. And then by real food, I mean, just mean like my normal eating habits. Mm -hmm. I was so terrified to go back to that because I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. And eventually it was probably like two, three weeks before I found myself in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's time. Like, I'm going to get some nuggets. I'll get an eight count. It won't be that many. Like, it'd be fine. If I don't finish it, it's okay. I ate those nuggets on my way to practice. So I'm distracted eating. So I'm mm-hmm. not paying attention to how I'm really feeling as I'm eating. Yep. Let me tell you, I got out of that car so sick that I didn't know if I was going to make it through practice. Yeah. Like, I felt like there was a brick in my stomach and that was just my body's reaction to what I had just eaten. Where if I had said, let me get like the fruit cup and maybe like something smaller or like a wrap even would have probably been better. Grilled chicken nuggets would have been better. I got regular chicken nuggets. Like Sometimes they are so good though. <laughs> but it's so good. It's like an ad for Chick-fil-A right now. <laughs> I know. Chick-fil-A is gross. <laughs> yeah. But your body, your body responds so well. And, and I think it's interesting to go back to what we were talking about before with macronutrient tracking with it not having to be a lifelong thing because your body has these hormones that when you're hungry, it sends a, it sends a signal and it tells you that you're hungry. That's when you get that feeling in your stomach. And then when you're full, when you're eating and you're like, Oh, I can't eat anymore. Your body's sending these hormones to tell your brain, stop eating. And when you're tracking your macronutrients, 
you get your body in tune and you get your body in a rhythm that these hormones are moving the way that they should. So they're telling you when you're actually hungry, not when you're bored hungry. And they're telling you when you're full, not like, okay, I'm full, but I'm going to have the rest of this plate of fries. <laughs> and so when you're tracking, your body's learning how to use these cues properly. And then when you come off of the tracking, something that I like to talk about is intuitive eating. Yeah. So intuitive eating is just listening to these hunger cues. So when am I actually hungry? Like when I wake up in the morning, am I hungry because this is a routine or am I actually hungry? And I'm totally promoting to eat breakfast every single morning, but you have to listen to your body. If you're really not hungry, don't force yourself to eat. When you're tracking macronutrients, it's a different story because you want to make sure that you're training your body properly. But once you come off of this and you're doing this intuitive eating thing, just really listening to your body, your body will adapt and your body will then tell you. And you don't really even have to think about it. You'll know when you're hungry, you'll know when you're full, and you'll be able to stay close to where those macronutrients were when you were, when you were really looking at them. Absolutely. And I mean, tracking macros is nice too, because like, like I said, you learn so much, but you eventually, I'm, I'm a very routine person. So... Mm -hmm. I live off of my schedule. If I have meal prep, I'm thriving because I'm like, I feel good. I know it's there when I need it. And I know it's, it's something right. Right. And it's also very convenient too, to have that prepped and ready for you because then you can kind of just pull it Like I'm also very on the go. So if I need to get to the gym quick while I'm finishing work up, like I'll eat while I'm working, but then I'm also ready for the gym. So mm -hmm. for me, it's, I learned that tracking teaches me meals that I thoroughly enjoy that my body responds very well to. And then I can mm -hmm. use those meals once I transition into the intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, quick, before I dive into like pre and post workout, have you found, like we talked about bored eating versus like eating when you're hungry. How mm -hmm. have you found like water intake has been into that? Cause I know for me, sometimes I'll just be thirsty, but I'm like, Oh no, I'm hungry. I have to eat. Like, right. Right. Um, I think in the beginning when I first started really looking at nutrition, I didn't really understand how important hydration was. Mm -hmm. Hydration is so essential for everything in your body. Your body runs off of water. And when you don't have it, that's when you start to feel fatigued. And then these hormones may go out of wax. You may be like, oh, I'm hungry. And you're really not. Or you have a headache and you're like, oh, I need to eat. And maybe you're just dehydrated. Yeah. Um, and so I think just including the hydration element. I know like the recommendation is eight cups a day for adults, but I think it's very variable. I know for me, I get, I'm very sensitive to my hydration status. I get a headache almost immediately when I'm dehydrated. So like for me, I know right away and I definitely drink more water than, than is recommended. And then more water than most I'm sure. Um, but yeah, listening to your body, the hydration part of it, including that in your meals with the night, my strategy is normally carrying a water bottle with you all day long. Yes. And what a lot of people don't know, and it's so simple, and I wish more people knew this, is when you are thirsty, you are already dehydrated. Yes. So imagine how many times throughout the day you're like, hmm, I'm pretty thirsty. I could go for some water right now. You don't get up and get any. You're already dehydrated. So mm -hmm. that's impacting your nutrition for sure. It definitely is. So I had a coach tell me that when I was younger. Like, I don't remember what it was, but I actually remember that I was at like a camp or I was at like some event and someone said that. And I was like, oh my God, mind blown. I'm thirsty yeah. all the time. I'm 24 yeah. seven dehydrated. I went in like panic mode, like I need water. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I think there is the statistic that says that most people are dehydrated a good part of the time. We're just not, 
we're not really aware. We turn, like I said, about these sync signals that our body sends us to tell us when we're hungry and, and full. And then when we're thirsty, like if we're not listening to them, they kind of get shut off. Yeah. They will kind of go away. Our bodies will be like, okay, well, maybe we're not actually hungry. And our bodies gets confused. So like just making sure that we're like forcing our, kind of forcing our bodies to do something so that it gets into a routine and then it becomes like proper and it, and it, and it works the way that it's supposed to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I talked earlier about like quick, like what I eat before my workout, like how I kind of am on the go. So mm -hmm. That has me thinking, what would you recommend for pre-workout versus post-workout? There's a lot of people that say like get carb load before workout, heavy protein after workout. Like what are your recommendations for a pre-workout meal versus a post-workout meal? Right. So if we're just talking about a pre-workout meal versus a post-workout meal, and we're not talking about any other meals throughout the day. So pre-workout, we're going to be thinking a lot more about carbohydrate sources. And so when we're thinking about those carbohydrate sources, we want to think about the simple carb sources just because they're easier for a body to break down. So simple between complex. So the simple carbohydrate sources are going to be like our white breads, our white rices, our fruits. Um, anything that is a processed carbohydrate is going to be a simple carbohydrate. And those are the ones we actually want before we work out because they're a lot easier for our bodies to digest. Um, the complex carbohydrates would be better for after a workout. Those are like our brown rice, our wheat pasta, our like coarse dense breads, um, things like that. We want them post-workout because they take longer for our bodies to digest, but they also give us uh, more substantial energy throughout the day. And then definitely after a workout, we want to focus on the protein and even the fat intake. The protein is going to help muscle rebuilding and the fat intake. It basically helps all of our hormones and it's just essential for uh, our nutrition and eating healthy. And so the, I think where people get confused is, you know, they try so hard to focus on just that pre-workout, post-workout meal. And that's okay, but we have to think about our meals throughout the day as well. So like our protein recommendations for athletes, it's based, it's so much more important to think about how much you're getting throughout the day rather than just the specific nutrient timing of foods. And I actually did a post on my Instagram um, last week on this topic. Um, all the research, the newer research is showing that the total intake is way more important than timing these meals properly. So people who eat right before a workout and can eat a full meal right before a workout, that's fine. Do it. But I know for me, it hurts my stomach when I have a really big meal before a workout. So when we're looking at the macronutrients and how they break down, carbohydrates break down the quickest and then fat and protein are going to be slower. So if we eat a meal before we work out and it's high in fat and protein, and we know that we don't break it down very quickly because we can feel it sitting in our stomach. As soon as we go to work out, all that blood flow is going to go to our working muscles. It's not going to our digestive, digestive tract. Um, so that food's just going to kind of sit there while we're working out and it's going to feel really heavy in our stomach. So for most people, yeah, you probably want to stick with just the simple carbohydrates before you work out and then, you know, get the protein and the, and the fat after along with the carbohydrate. But, you know, spacing your meals throughout the day, getting that steady intake of all of our macronutrients throughout the day is way more important than just the macronutrient, macronutrient timing. That's a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, good stuff. And then one last thing I wanted to talk about was because we have our experience as athletes, mm -hmm. we are now giving back to the sports that we love. And we are just in general involved in youth sports. I coach a travel team. 
So the travel team that I work with, we are, you know, you've been there, you, you play a minimum of three games on a Saturday and then you play yep. two to three to eight on a Sunday, going yep. all the way to the championship. Yep. It yep. can be exhausting. So, so what is your recommendation for an athlete who is either prepping for the weekend, getting ready for a big tournament or just tournament day of? Yeah. So again, when we're talking about nutrition, it's more of an average than, you know, a specific number or a specific recommendation. So the days before the tournament are really, really important along with the actual tournament days. So we want to make sure that we're eating really well the day before, because that's going to kind of prep our bodies. And then the day of, we need to make sure we're definitely getting a good breakfast. And then, um, in between games, for sure, we need to be getting something in our stomachs. So like we were talking about before, if you're somebody who knows that you don't break down food very quickly, I would probably stick with carbohydrate in between, um, in between games. The only thing with that is you need to be smart about if you have a game break or if you have a two game break, if you have that two game break, you better be in like a good meal. If you have one game break or you're playing right away, um, probably sticking with carbohydrates is best. And then after, after that day, you know, make sure you're getting a real good dinner and then post dinner, I would say too. So getting at least two meals after you're done playing, you're burning so many calories throughout the day and you need to replace them. If you're burning all these calories and you don't replace them, your body needs to figure out how to get these, this energy for the next day. And if that isn't coming from food, your body's going to start breaking down your own muscle and your own stores. And you definitely don't want that. If we're trying to hit home runs, we don't want to be breaking down muscle. <laughs> um, and so just being very aware of what you're putting into your body these days. And then also something that would be very helpful for athletes who are playing multiple games in a day is is relying on sports drinks. So like Gatorade, like Powerade. So they have carbohydrates in them. And again, we keep talking about these simple carbohydrates. They are going to fuel our bodies during exercise. So if we're drinking like at least eight ounces and for pitchers and catchers, maybe the whole 16 ounces of a Gatorade or Powerade throughout the game, we're supplying our bodies with extra nutrients and extra energy. If we're just sitting on the bench and we're not playing that game, we probably don't need a Gatorade or Powerade. But if you are playing and like, I know when I was younger, I would be catching multiple games a day. Yeah. I probably should have been having way more sports drinks. I know I just didn't like them. So I didn't drink them. But like if somebody, that would have been a really good recommendation that somebody would have or should have given me is to make sure that I'm getting food, even when I'm just sitting there, um, trying to recuperate from that last inning. <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy too to hear because I think a lot of people are going to be mind blown by listening to this because you hear so many times and all over social media that simple carbs are so bad for you. They're literally like the devil and to avoid them mm -hmm. like the plague. Mm -hmm. When in reality, they're extremely crucial. Right? They are. And, and they're crucial when we use them in the right way. So if we're not doing anything that day, if we're having like less than 2000 steps in a day, we're not doing really anything probably having these simple carbohydrates isn't going to be beneficial because we don't need them for immediate energy we would be better off getting the complex carbs. Um, but when we're using so much energy and we need to make energy quickly and readily, we want to have these simple carbohydrates. If you're, if, think about it, like if you're, if you're pitching three games in a day, you don't want your body working any harder than it has to. Like you want to give it fuel and you want it to be able to use this fuel as quickly as possible and as easily as possible. So yeah, these simple carbohydrates and for even any athlete. So if you're going to go do a workout after work, right? And you're driving there, you probably don't want to be having a protein shake because that's going to be sitting in your stomach. Mm -hmm. Having a sports drink or a handful of crackers 
or pretzels or even a soft pretzel, maybe half of it, because I know that sits <laughs> in my stomach. But I mean, having these things is going to help your body so much more than one, not eating or two, eating stuff that's just going to sit in your stomach while you're working out. Absolutely. It's funny you say like the, the pretzels and stuff, because I had a client who she was so dedicated. She came from work every day and she always, always, always had her snack pack of crack or of her uh-huh. pretzels. She uh-huh. always had them on her. And this woman, she could perform like she, she was an older woman and I'll be honest, she was a total bad ass in the gym. Like she was killer. <laughs> and then I'd have younger clients come in who they're in their twenties and their thirties. And they're like, Oh, I didn't eat anything today. I had a protein shake for breakfast. And I'm like, Oh sis, like this is not going to be good. You gotta, yeah. you gotta feel yourself. You have to feel yourself properly. And it's, that goes to the gym that goes to chores around the house. Like this weekend, I was moving a lot of weight, getting my gym set up and moving a lot of my garage stuff around. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, if I didn't eat right, I'd be exhausted right now. Like I am tired. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but if yeah. I didn't eat properly, I would be even worse than where I am now. And yeah. Whether it be games, weightlifting, moving chores around the house, just anything you need to fuel yourself, just day-to-day life. You need to fuel yourself. Let's be honest. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think we get caught up, especially as females about burning so many calories mm-hmm. and then Hold on, you're frozen on my end. Ah, you're frozen. I don't know if you can hear me or see me or anything like that. Oh, there we go. Can you hear me? You were like dead frozen. Okay, <laughs> I just well, you. <laughs> is it all good now? I think so. I was like <laughs> gonna like type on the screen, like, "Can you see me? You're frozen." <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, I was just gonna talk about when you're burning so many calories and you're not replacing it. We kind of talked about this earlier with the travel ball. Um, when you're burning that many, your body's got to figure out how to refuel and how to use other sources of energy. And it's going to break stuff down that you don't want to get broken down. Like Mm. it's, it's going to damage your body way more and to burn fat. You, you need to do it in the right way. You can't think that you're going to lose 10 pounds in one week. You need to keep refueling your body. That's not healthy. And it's definitely not sustainable. As soon as you stop doing that, you know, restrictive kind of eating stuff, you're going to, you're going to yo-yo back and gain that weight back. But just talking specifically about fueling your body each and every day, you need to do it in the right way. You need to do it in the proper way. And, and you don't want to be restricting in any way. You don't want to be overeating, but you also don't want to be restricting. Speaking from someone who literally like the story you just told was mine. Like Mm -hmm. I was so obsessed with burning calories. Like Mm -hmm. I was in my fitness pal tracking literally everything that I ate. Yes. And I wouldn't eat it unless it had a barcode that I could scan into my fitness. Yep. Like yep. I was, I, was it. I, all I focused on in the gym, literally I found like a, a comment from one of my old Instagram posts. Like someone commented and was like, Oh my God, I need your abs. Like, what do you do? And then I was like, well, I do legs Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I do arms on Tuesday, Thursday, because who trains chest and who chain, trains back? Who does that? <laughs> Not to mention the hour of cardio and the hour of abs that I did 
plus 45 minutes in the sauna. I was in the gym for three hours and my workouts were shit. Like I wasn't doing good workouts. The weight training was a waste of time because I couldn't do more than 15 pounds max for anything that I did. Right. I I was so focused on, well, if I burn more calories, I'll be, I'll be thinner. I was to the point where like my hip bones were sticking out and it was Mm. just not good looking. Yeah. And I was still like, I I need to lose more. Like I need more, I need more, I need more. And I got so addicted to literally counting the calories and focusing on like, well, this is so few in calories. Like this is, this is perfect. When in reality, my body needed so much more, especially not promoting my training that I was doing, but my training took a lot out of me. So I needed to properly fuel myself and I wasn't. So then all these years later, here I am. And I'm like, I'm pushing to get more weight back on after prep. Like when I was my lightest, I think I was 118 pounds and I'm five, seven. So that's really like, that's, that's pretty tough to get to. And if I wanted to lose more, it would have been even more extreme measures. Yeah. But now again, still five, seven and my healthy, my happy weight is 150 pounds. Yeah. I love that. When I was, when I went to college, my first year I put on 30 pounds and I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. But I felt so good. And that's, I was properly feeling myself and I was doing good workouts. Yeah. When I think about, you know, my journey and I don't think I ever had this like aha moment where I think maybe some people do, but also when we're talking about certain certain forms of sciences. So when we're talking about exercise or we're talking about nutrition, we'll focus on those two. When you look at when you look at the research, it is like, you know, the end of a research study, the conclusion said says more research is needed. Mm. And I love that and I hate that. The reason I hate that is because, you know, if you're trying to research a certain topic, it's like, well, I don't have an answer. But the reason <laughs> I love that is because that means that every single person is so different. Mm. And so when we're talking about nutrition, I can give you all of the recommendations that there have, there has been developed for specific types of individuals or whatever you want to say, or circumstances, but I don't care what those recommendations say. It's a trial and error. And I think, you know, you're attesting to it as well. You you were working out really hard and you, you know, were probably eating healthy, although you were restricting, but you needed to trial and error your, like yourself. And I know for me, it took so, so long. And I finally, I'm like, okay, well maybe for me, a little bit lower carbohydrate works better. I know my body responded way better to it. Um, but that didn't, that took me, I really started tracking my senior year in college. So that's, you know, I'm only like two and a half years out from that point, And I finally, I'm like, you know, this makes sense. And the whole fitness journey, the fitness process, it seems so cliche because I feel like everyone posts it on Instagram. You look at it, you're like, oh, whatever. But it is so true. Yeah. You have your own journey. Your process is completely different from everyone else's. And your your end result's probably going to be way different and how you got there. Like, it's just so variable. So I think it's super, super important to cut yourself some slack. It's going to take time if you want it to be sustainable. Like, I would rather learn how to do this and have it take way longer, but then be able to sustain this for the rest of my life rather than just looking good right now. Like that, that to me, that screams like weight loss pills and restrictive eating and all those other things that you don't want. They're not healthy. They're not sustainable. You need to figure out how to do it in the right way and, and just how you respond to who's teaching you these things. 
Yeah. Like a, what you just said exactly is how I like to kind of compare things. So would you rather, okay, so your goal is 10 pounds weight loss, right? Would mm-hmm. you rather take a pill and wear a waist trainer that's going to make you lose those 10 pounds, but you're going to struggle keeping it off, right? Mm-hmm. Or you have option two where you work for it. You dedicate yourself to it. You commit to it. You literally earn it and you can keep it off because you've taught yourself and you've educated yourself on so many different variables of your journey. Which one would you rather? Exactly. Like when people come to me and they're like, oh, well, I saw this fat burner pill. Okay. Well, that, that's cool. Um, (laughs) how, how do we want to move forward? Do you want option A or do you want option B? Do you want to earn it and be proud of it? Or do you want to have to admit to people like, yeah, I, I, I took a pill. Like I, yeah. I took a pill every single day that made me lose 10 pounds. You just mm-hmm. sound lazy in my opinion. What you should want, what I hope most people want is that option two, where I worked for it. I earned it. I did this myself. I, this is something I can be proud of. This is something that I can post pictures of and be like, hell yeah, I did this. This is something I can show my future kids. Like, look what mommy did. Like, yeah. this is something I want to share with the world because I'm so proud of. Yeah. My journey for the longest time was like a, a secret. Like people would question me, like, do you have an eating disorder? Like, are, are, are you okay? And I don't like the terminology eating disorder. Personally, I, I don't think I had an eating disorder. I think I had disordered eating. I think right, they're right. totally different things. Right. Um, I think I had a whole disordered lifestyle, to be honest. I think that my training style was disordered and everything was just wrong about it. But I think that there are so many different like you said, so many different variables, so, so many different circumstances, so many different people that we're all going to have different things. And for the longest time, I was afraid of telling my story. Where now I'm hoping that someone who else is dealing with the same thing that I dealt with or felt the same way that I felt can connect with me and understand, okay, if she did this, so can I. She right. earned that, so can I. That's right. the whole point of it. That's why, I mean, bad diets and pills kind of go together with me. I very much yeah. It's very frustrating coming across those things um, and trying to help people through them. And I think it's just important. I know for me, this is something that I have learned so much through my internship um, at Virginia Tech so far is you have to meet people where they're at. Like, I I want the best for everyone. I want everyone to earn this. I want everyone to feel a certain way. But unless they want to feel that way also, I can't help them in the way that I want to help them. Right. I can only help them how, how much they want to be helped. And so I can give them all the tools, but I can't make them do it. So right. if somebody is coming to me looking for advice, I'm not going to lie to them. And I'm not going to tell them that, you know, a fad diet is better than a normal, healthy, sustainable diet. But also I never want to like force anything on people. And I think it's, it's so important for us to, I was trying to meet people where they're at as, as aggravating as some of these things may be for us because we see it all the time. But yeah, I think just educating people the best way possible is so, so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that goes for yeah. all people, athletes, weight loss goals, weight gain goals, all those kind of things, just meeting exactly. people where they're at and kind of setting, like I like to call it starting a baseline. So like your baseline is obviously where you started. This is the baseline that you had, like when I first, okay, I'm, I'm your client now. When I first came to you, I was obsessed with my fad diet that I was on and I thought it was wonderful, but I kept seeing struggles where I was like, okay, the weed's going back up and now it's going back down and it's back up and back down. You right. gave me the tools that I need to put in my toolbox and then it's up to me to do what I need that's going to be sustainable. Eventually, I'm going to get fed up with the fluctuation of back and forth, back and forth. And I'm going to be like, hmm, 
cat told me these, let me try this. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to work for me. And I'm going to continue with that. It's all like, we're all at different phases in our journey. And that's what's to me, that's, what's fun about it. Like, I love seeing different, like I'll have one client come in that's a vet in her journey. And then I have someone else that's like totally brand new. I don't know what I'm doing here. Help me. Right. And having people on all different stages of their journey is like amazing for me. I think it's so much fun because I learn from them and they learn from me. And that's something that I will always appreciate and be grateful for. Exactly. And I, and I like what you said about somebody's baseline because your baseline may be way different from my baseline. Mm -hmm. And we may have been at this for the same amount of time, but we, one of us may have been led astray a little bit, you know, and even though we've been at it for the same amount of time, results may be different. And it's so important for everyone to understand that there should not be a timeline on how long it takes to get to your, your fitness goals. I know I still have fitness goals that I feel like I'm probably two years off of, and I've already been working on them for like a year and a half. And that, and that's fine, but I'm trying my best to do it in a way that is sustainable and that I enjoy and that I can still eat foods that I love and also not tie myself down to only working out and only cooking or only eating my meal preps or whatever you want to say. You know what I mean? Life is about so much more than just sticking to our macros and sticking to our workout routine. We need to consider all those things. Absolutely. And that's something that like you just made me think of it when you said that I've had clients where they text me and they're like, something happened at work today. Like that's the big joke is that trainers, personal trainers eventually become therapists. Uh huh. I'm sure you have the same thing where people talk yep. about their food intake with you and, and the other stressors that, oh, I, ha- I had a birthday dinner that I had to go to, so I, I couldn't do that kind of, and right. they literally stress themselves out over it. And I'm like, listen, my response is always the same thing. Life happens. Life happens. It's totally fine. Like right. it, there's shit that's going to happen to you that you're, you don't even see coming right now. And then there's other stuff that you can kind of plan for. So we always need to kind of be like on our toes and flexible. And that's where that intuitive eating, that's where Mm -hmm. at home workouts come in handy. Like all these little things that you can not only help yourself by working through whatever just came up and popped up in your face, but you also get the variety out of that. So that's why I kind of like appreciate when life happens, because then it kind of gives you the opportunity to mix things up, make it fun, make it quick, do something different. And maybe you'll find you really love that. You know what I mean? That's all part of being on the journey is there's different, different phases and different things are going to happen during each phase where you find what you like, what you don't like, what works, what doesn't work. And that's, that's the fun for me of fitness. That's the fun of nutrition. That's the fun of just our journey, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and it's so important for us to give people the tools to be able to, you know, if you feel like you're going off track at like, so I, I just did a newsletter for Maple Zone on intuitive eating for Thanksgiving. So you can have every single thing on that table. But like, if you're thinking about, okay, I'm going to have a serving or a few servings of carbohydrates, like, okay, I know what my carbohydrate foods are. So I'm going to make sure that I'm having, you know, a correct portion of carbohydrates. I can still include every single thing, but just knowing how to portion out things so that you can have every single thing on the table. You don't have to say no to any foods. It's just about how much you're taking in and just being, just being aware of, you know, the portion sizes and all the tools that we have given you so that you know how to eat properly. And then you actually never really went off track. You just had a way more exciting meal than you did (laughs) most nights before. Seriously. All right. Well, that was, we covered a lot today. We covered a lot. We covered pre-workout, post-workout, macros, 
collegiate level, youth level, professional level, like we covered a lot. So that was really awesome. I think it was very helpful and educational and it's going to be able to impact a lot of people no matter what journey that they're on. So I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very much. Um, is there a place where everybody can find you? Yeah. Um, on Instagram, my handle is at hammer underscore fuel. Um, and then my email will be listed in the comment section. Yeah. I'll have all her information in the show notes. So you'll be able to click down there, but it is hammer underscore underscore fuel on Instagram. I follow her. If you've ever seen my Instagram stories, like I post some of her stuff on my Instagram stories. So be sure to check that out as well. Kat, thank you again. I really appreciate it. I had so much fun. I appreciate you. So Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you haven't already, please subscribe to the Link Fitness Show. It would also mean the absolute world to me if you could leave an honest review on whatever platform you're listening on. When you do, please take a screenshot of your review and email it to me at linkfittraining at gmail.com so I can send some goodies your way just to say thank you. All right. Hope to see you guys again soon. Bye.